All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 81. 81. Can't believe it's already been 81 weeks of this delightful treat for your ear holes. Of course, I want to start off by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Uh, they have a payment program going on. If you do have a Ford vehicle and you need a little help during this time, contact our friends at Sherwood Ford. There are some options available. Get more information on that at Sherwood Ford on Twitter and at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giants on Instagram. Gentlemen, greetings. Howdy. Hey, buddy. We've got Tyler Yaremchuk, we've got Rick, and we've got The Nation Dan. In the mix on this week's podcast, we're getting a look into everybody's lives right now, and I like it. Um, <laughs> first of all, we got to start off with well, obviously some bad and scary news that came out for the Edmonton Oilers this week as forward Colby Cave had to be placed in a medically induced coma to combat a brain bleed. He had a colloid cyst removed but remains in a coma to ease pressure on his brain. Um I, I mean, I don't know, really know what you guys thought. I guess I just kind of, the obvious answer is that we're going to send out positive vibes to him because there's not a whole lot we could do. But I was just curious what you guys thought when you saw the news earlier this week. Um, I was on the air and the Oilers sent out the little PR note and you get it on your phone and it's like a group text thing. So you get it on your phone, you get the text and you're just kind of like, what? And then you read it again and you're like, holy shit. Like it, it really catches you by surprise. You're never expecting expecting to hear something like that about about a professional athlete right so it was uh it was shocking to say the least and like you said I mean 
nothing you can really do other than, you know, keep them in your thoughts and all that and send them your best wishes. But, um, yeah, just terrible. Yeah, and what do you think? It's one of those things that, like, when I heard the news, you know, like you said, Tyler, you kind of laid it out there. It's, it, you're, you're shocked. But, like, then I could think, I thought to myself, like, man, we're really lucky that this doesn't happen very often. Like, like professional athletes just don't have the same kind of, you know, random health issues, knock on wood, that, that, uh, that you, you see in the, in the general public. And it's, and it's a, it's a good thing. Um, it's just, you feel, you feel awful for her, for the family. Cause it's, they're dealing with, they're dealing with coronavirus on top of everything. And so there's no hospital visits and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just, it compounds the issue. Right. And then, and then a little bit of it gets kind of lost in the fact that we're all just, you know, dealing with craziness and, 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 uh, and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting to see the whole hockey world kind of being that we're all paused. I think it, it had more of a, more of a ripple effect to the entire NHL. And you, you saw a lot of fan bases kind of um, taking a moment to, to think about Colby and his family. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> It only gets it only gets more compounded by the fact that we're dealing with COVID nineteen and and all that nonsense. But uh, yeah, you, you just you feel for him him and his family. Rick, last word. Yeah, just you know, it's super sad. I was I think I was just out on the road at the time and I caught the message. I saw the uh, message pop up on my phone and yeah, you know, it's pretty much more than anything I know about. So you really I have a lot of questions like where was he? How do they know? You know, they had to rush him to the hospital or stuff like that but uh yeah hopefully he just uh he gets better here and we can uh, get uh, some positivity out of this obviously not a whole lot that we any of us can say um just best wishes to colby cave obviously his wife emily and his entire family um tough situation obviously pulling for him hope for the best like Connor mcdavid said he's a good saskatchewan boy so hopefully he's able to pull through that um, best wish from all of us to Colby Cave. I don't think there's anything else to say about it, really. Tough situation. Uh, sticking with the Oilers, a um, little bit of news this week. We've been talking about Anton Flepchev for a while. Uh, we knew that Ken Holland offered him a contract this week. Jim Matheson reported it was somewhere in between 1.1 to 1.4, somewhere in that general vicinity. And um, he decided to stay in Russia. So for the Edmonton Oilers, that means that they are probably going to lose his rights unless there's some kind of transfer agreement between the NHL and KHL where he can cut that contract short. But he will pass his 27th birthday on this current deal, removing him from the Oilers' depth chart. Just kind of want to go around the horn. Thoughts on Flepchev deciding to stay in Russia. Tyler, what do you think? Um, I mean, obviously, it makes financial sense for him to, to be doing this. You you talked about Jim Matheson's report that it was between 1.2 and 1.4. And I don't think we've seen the money yet on his deal in Russia. But, I mean, it could have been 1.6. And he could have came to Ken Holland and said, hey, give me 1.7 and I'll come over. And Holland held firm. He wasn't going to overpay for a player who is still fairly unproven at the NHL level, and he wasn't going to overpay for a guy that in all likelihood was going to be a bottom six winger for this team next season. So I applaud Ken Holland for standing his ground and not overpaying Slapishev. And on the other hand, I mean, it obviously makes financial sense, and Slapishev wants to stay in Russia, and you can't really blame a guy for that either. So it's just one of those things where you kind of shrug when you see the news. Like, it would have been fun and an exciting storyline to see what he could have done in the NHL next season, but 
I wasn't like overly stunned when I saw the tweet pop up that he was staying there. In 102 NHL games, Slepshev had 10 goals, 13 assists for 23 points. Nation Dan, your thoughts on Slepshev staying in Russia? Yeah, I, I think Tyler hit it on the head again. It's, you know, it's, it, it, it makes sense for him to stay there. It is, it is frustrating and selfishly frustrating as, as with, you know, the Jesse Pugliarvi news, anything where you, where a, a player decides to stay away from the Edmonton Oilers right now. Uh, um, it, it, it's frustrating as an Oilers fan, but you get it. It's not a huge loss for the team. It's not like he was, you know, he was a, a top line winger that, that was coming in and going to fix the team. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it sucks, but it's, you know, move on to the next one. Like Tyler said, who knows? Maybe Ken Holland held firm and, and we're better off for it with our cap space in the in the question mark cap world that we're heading into in this next season. They did tease us though, because on uh, Mrs. Slepeshev's Instagram, there was a photo of her kids playing with some Oilers figurines on the day that Ken Holland said they offered a contract. So I was like, hey, maybe it seems like he's coming back. Rick, what do you think? Yeah, I kind of thought at first I didn't think it was going to happen, and then, then last week it kind of just seemed like it was falling together, and it was about to. You know, they just pretty much had to get his name on the contract. And so I was a little surprised when I saw it. But, you know, you don't know what he's getting paid out of Russia. And you know the taxes over there are way smaller anyways. It's going to be more money. And at the end of the day, it does show that Holland is not willing to overpay pretty much anybody. So that's, uh, that's a big bonus you got to take away for the organization. So at the end of the day, around the horn real quick, anybody care? Really? I don't. Nah, it's, well, it's whatever. Yeah, I'm not heartbroken, that's for sure. It would have been nice to have some competition on the wings. Do you know what I mean? That's always a good thing to have some internal well, competition. But like at the same point, well, we still haven't. We, there's still an off season to go to too, right? So, yeah, I mean, there's still, still an off season. There's still, <laughs> it I feels mean, like the it feels like it's in the off season right now, and all the good stuff's already over. But uh, yeah, there's still, you know, we still have to get to the point of the year where there's there's going to be uh, UFAs out there anyway. So there's going to be other guys. One and Rick's right too. I mean, like who's dog? Uh, Gaetan Haas or Joachim Nygaard last year, right? Like, nobody saw those guys coming, really. So, uh, who knows? Maybe Uncle Ken has some more uh, Euros trash up his sleeve that he can bring over here and uh, and make into gold. He does love his scratch tickets, doesn't he? Yeah, and you know what? I think that's a really good point as well because, you know, Slepeshev 1.2 to 1.4. Let's just say it was on the high end of 1.4. We are heading into an offseason where money's going to be very, very tight for this hockey team. Like, we're talking every five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars that you can save, you will. That's why I think a guy like Jujar Kara is probably getting traded because he'll be replaced with someone who makes seven hundred fifty k to kind of make the money work elsewhere in the lineup. So maybe it is almost a bit of a blessing in disguise that Slepeshev decided to stay overseas because, again, you have Nygaard next year at eight hundred fifty k. If that saves you five hundred thousand dollars, is there really going to be that much of a difference between Yokum Nygaard and Anton Slepeshev? I don't know. I think your money might be better spent making sure you take care of some other things like, you know, signing Ethan Bear to a long-term deal. What if the difference between going, you know, two years or four years with Ethan Bear is $700,000? Well, then you're probably happy that you're passing on Slepeshev and you'd rather have a replacement-level winger in your bottom six and have Ethan Bear signed long-term than the other way around, right? Flipping the question a little bit because you made me think of it, Tyler. Is there anybody on the lineup you would have rather had Slepeshev over? Kara. Anybody on the current line? Jujar? I think so. Like, I think, you know, Kara doesn't move very well. He doesn't have the best offensive instincts. He, he, you see flashes of it, but he doesn't do it consistently. 
I was re-watching that game against uh, San Jose, Game 5, when DeHarnay scored the overtime winner last night. And there were a few moments where I was like, you know what? Slepershev looks pretty good out here. Like, I never really... I, I think he would have been more effective than Jujar Kara. Um, but I don't think you could have both of them in your lineup because, I mean, over $2.5 million on those two combined probably isn't smart cap management. Rick, anybody you can think of that you'd rather have slept over? Uh, probably. I mean, you, you know, you really like a, a guy like Chason, but uh, if Slep could do his job, he's got better wheels out there, and he might just bring a little more to the game than uh, than Alex does right now. But at the end there, Alex was always – he was – always in the spot, just getting getting robbed left and right before he was able to crack a couple in a row there. So, I don't know, it's tough. It's it's a, it's a crapshoot. It, you're not really losing anything either way. Dan? Dan? <laughs> Sorry, boys, my internet is horrendous right now. <laughs> uh, is there anybody on the roster that you think Slepchev would have outperformed? Daniel? Yeah, I... I- I would have said I would have said Chason too. I think Chason's a guy that um, you know if you have Chason, is it going just super choppy? I'll just keep powered on through it. Hopefully good. you guys don't get too annoyed with me. Yeah, uh, no, the video is the video of you is funny because it's choppy, but like. Fair <laughs> um, but yeah, for Chason, a guy who you know Slepershov doesn't replace his power play goals that he had two years ago that earned him the paycheck that he got, but the the money that Chason's making right now. If you could have chopped that in half, turned it into a Slepishev player, you're, that's 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 the one transition where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I I, I don't know. It's just you know when you look at the bottom six, cause you guys we have some effective guys down there, and again, I, I think that Uncle Ken knows knows Europe better than than most of us, and, and I'm sure he has a couple of more guys that he would be willing to give a look at this season, and if they go to Baco, so be it. And another name that I'm actually pretty intrigued to see what happens with in the off season. Whenever we get there, I was going to say this summer, but I don't think the off season is going to happen in the summer. So who knows? <laughs> um, Tyler Ennis, because if the cap doesn't go up very much, a guy like that who maybe on a normal off season probably could have gotten himself like what two and a half million dollars, like a contract pretty similar to what Chase on got. I think all of a sudden, if teams don't have very much money to throw around. Tyler Ennis might be forced to sign for, you know, like under $2 million. And if that's the price tag and I'm the Oilers, I'd be really interested with bringing back Tyler Ennis. Gotta love a hometown boy story, right? Yeah, and that's the other thing too. Like he might be in a position where he goes, you know what? This offseason or this free agency is going to suck because teams don't have money. But one or two years from now, it might be pretty good with those TV deals eventually coming in. He might take a one or two year deal here with the Oilers in hopes of, catching on in the top six, scoring a couple 20-goal seasons, and then you're a free agent when a bunch of teams have money. You're 32 years old. you still got some good years in you. And, and it might be a smart... It might be, like, mutually beneficial for Ennis to sign a short-term deal back in Edmonton for pretty cheap because you know you're going to get great opportunities here. I bet a lot of players are going to take one-year deals whenever this offseason kicks off. Just kind of, like, show-me deals because, like you said, there's not going to be a lot of money that goes around. And if you sign a one-year deal and you hit on a good season, you're going into next offseason with uh, probably more opportunities. And what kind of quality players are going to be doing that? Like, it's like you've got Taylor Hall out there, and I know it's a, it's a huge argument on either side of him over here, but what if he took a one-year $6 million? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like I could see Taylor Hall being a guy. Just to play here. Also. Just to go, you know, what kind of guys are going to go out there and go, you know what, I'll take one year, 
do the whole Tamo Solani, Paul Korea thing when one of them played for a million dollars just to play with the other guy for a year. What if one of the guys, those guys come over here and do that? 100%, man. I, I think can you're going to see that. And I think you'll, crazy. I think you'll see some of some players like that. And I'm reading through the unrestricted free agent list right now. And there's a handful of guys who have a history of being goal scorers who are UFAs this offseason. Some of them well, are UFAs too. But um, let me just sort it so I can get rid of the uh, the UFAs on this one. But like Edmonton is a pretty good spot for these guys because, I mean, you have two of the best centermen in the world, you'd get a chance to potentially play on one of the best power plays in the league. I mean, this past season is one of the best power plays ever, but let me uh, rattle off some of these names for you. There's the high end, which is basically Taylor Hall and Mikhail Granlund. Mike Hoffman's in there as well. Um, someone like Tyler Toffoli, who just got traded to Vancouver. What he What's he going to end up doing? Craig Smith has always been very productive out in Nashville. Vlad Nemesnikov is a name that I've been interested in because he can play all the forward positions of Genny Dadnov is going to be a free agent out in Florida, and there's reports about them potentially wanting to really cut costs this summer. That was back at the trade deadline, and now with this whole COVID thing, you would imagine their ownership group is going to try to continue cutting costs as well. Uh, someone like Connor Sherry, who's out in Pittsburgh once again after being traded at the deadline. Eric Halla is in Florida. He'd be an interesting name maybe in you know that middle six, third line kind of role. Jimmy VC out in Buffalo. Like There is a lot of pretty interesting names on the free agent market this year. And Edmonton, I think, would be looked at pretty favorably for guys looking to take a one-year deal and have career years because look at Alex Jason, look at Pat Maroon. Even again, I'll go back to that game from 2017 that I was watching, Oilers and Sharks. Man, Lucic looked good on that power play that season, right? Like, guys can come here, and and if you click with one of these skilled centermen, you're going to score a lot of goals, and you're going to make a lot of money. There's deals to be had. Can you imagine this city if Taylor does that? I don't know, man. It'd be, but, okay, it'd it'd be the, the reactions. The reaction would be, would be fantastic. It would be all year. It would be hilarious. I think it would be you, even funnier if you signed in Calgary. Yeah, I think it would be nope. too. <laughs> like funnier because, because it would be frustrating <laughs> for the people that wanted him and then even more frustrating for the people that didn't want him if he does do he does have some success in Calgary right <laughs> I, I'll say this if he if that were to happen which I think it's like a less than 10% chance but if it were to happen and it worked great but can you imagine this city if he came here and like the goaltending didn't work and the penalty kill <laughs> fell apart. And, like, they start losing for reasons that have nothing to do with Taylor Hall. Kind of like the Coyotes are doing? Yeah, like yeah. the Coyotes lost their goaltending, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, fucking Taylor Hall's a cancer. Coyotes <laughs> can't win. And the Devils figured yeah. it out right as he left, right? They because, figured out goaltending, too. Yeah, like, I mean, the sport is 90% goaltending, but can you imagine, man, if Hall came here and the Oilers missed the playoffs? Like, <laughs> It would be pretty, I mean. It would be fun to watch. If if you're a person that loves to watch chaos, like that's your scenario. <laughs> that's that's your scenario. When you talk about guys, like it, it came to my mind last night during the actually during our live stream. But uh, you mentioned it about guys that are now free agents going into the offseason. Those teams paid like first round picks for like seven games of that dude. No playoffs. Oh, yeah, like man, it's so crazy to think of the little things that have that have happened because of all this, right? Like like uh Tampa Bay gave up a first round pick for like six games of Barclay Goudreau and no playoff games. Like Imagine just, this happened last year with Columbus. Yeah, like hundred <laughs> percent. Right? Like <laughs> Columbus mortgages their future. And then everybody <laughs> walks away from the team. 
not a not a playoff game to be shown. Like it's just I don't know. It's, it, we're in some wild times. Well, that's why. I mean, if, if we're going down that road, uh, again, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. They are wonderful folks. They are ready to help you if you are in trouble right now. Contact them if you need some payment relief at Sherwood Ford on Twitter and at Sherwood Ford underscore, underscore the Giant on Instagram. Of course, they're also on Facebook as well, if that is your jam. Uh, well, looking at the Oilers, their biggest deal at deadline day was for Athanasiu, and but he's not going anywhere. He's under team control, yeah. So there are teams that definitely spent more to maybe get less, um, just to finish Dan's point. It's weird. It's a weird scenario that it's going to be interesting to see what kind of compromises are made from both a league and player standpoint in terms of contracts. Like, Guys are supposed to end on June 30th, but if the playoffs continue or theoretically starts continue go on in the summer, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean if we start playing hockey in July? There's going to be a lot of interesting concessions, compromises, all kinds of different scenarios thrown out there, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch. Even like there was all these scenarios about how the NHL should handle the rest of the season, and all that. Can you if this was a year? where, I mean, like a lot of years where the Oilers were like 12 points out of a playoff spot when things got canceled, like we probably wouldn't even give a shit, right? We were like, oh, well, we lost a month of regular season games. Like, damn. Like, Like, I'm thinking of like being a Red Wings fan right now. Yeah. Like, what's the feeling like there? Because I was watching, a third time now I'm mentioning, I'm watching that playoff game for 2017, and it like hurts my insides to be like, (laughs) fuck. That could it like, it was so electric in there. The games looked like so much fun. I was having flashbacks, and I was just like, Fuck, we got robbed of this. Could but you like, imagine this conversation today if that was going on? We'd be in the playoffs right now. We'd be yeah, doing we'd this be live right somewhere, crushing beers and getting ready yes. for a playoff game. Yeah, we'd be at HQ right now, powering Nation beers back, getting ready for whatever game was supposed to happen tonight. Or probably fuck from last night. Exactly. <laughs> so it'd be like one or two <laughs> scenarios where it's like, all right, we're getting ready to go to the pint or we just got back from the pint and now we're recording this and my brain is leaking out of my ears. And on it the sucks, man. Flip side, I feel like we if we had missed the playoffs, we'd be talking about the implications for the draft lottery, right? What what teams are going to get on the draft lottery now that weren't supposed oh, to be I'd there? Oh, I'd be pissed. And how does it affect our statistics at all? How do you, well, think, like, how do you think the league's going to handle the draft lottery? I hope they do 20. I do hope they do 05 way. Everyone Which has a is chance. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, right, that was the Crosby the- draft. Yeah, yeah, everybody they get, got a small percentage chance depending on where you were. In you the, can't do in the that, standing, though. But I know you well, can't you do have, that, but, but like, could you imagine? You have to again, everybody. could you imagine? Because if there's even just a one in a thousand chance that the Oilers got another one and they just somehow pulled it out during the middle of a fucking pandemic, and everybody's <laughs> like, hey, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what to tell you. Oilers are just great Welcome at draft lottery. To the team, Alexis. <laughs> Can you imagine fucking Alexei Lafreniere on this team next year? Like, oh, fuck. Um, it, I, uh, speaking it, of the draft, I just wanted to switch gears a little bit because we were talking about the draft. So uh, this morning I did the recap of Connor McDavid's press conference from yesterday, and he was talking about the draft and how it's just – it's kind of weird. Obviously, all these kids are going to be missing out on experiences at the same point. Everybody's missing out on experiences. He did crack a joke in there. He's like, I was actually talking with my friends that they're lucky they don't have to do do the combine exercises, like the VO2 max and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of funny to hear Connor crack a little bit of a joke that they're lucky about it. 
Um, sticking with the draft, though, I think the most interesting thing that he said was when he was asked about his own draft experience and how we all remember it. The lottery was on TV. There was a half a second clip of him looking down at his shoes after the Oilers number got called. And uh, he said, from Connor McDavid, he says, if I was to do it all over again, I definitely wouldn't have gone in the studio. It was something that we were hesitant on originally, and it turned out to be for good reason. It was going to be an emotional time no matter what team was picked, and obviously Edmonton was one of the possibilities. We were surprised, but thought, but everybody thought I was upset and made a big deal about it, which wasn't the case at all. We were more in disbelief than anything. What do you think about Connor just being like, that whole scenario was fucking crazy? Yeah, I think that's kind of the first time that we've heard him talk about it, really. Outside of saying no, of course I'm signing at Edmonton, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that this that this pandemic, if there's one like one brief little glimmer of any kind of positivity, it's that you're actually getting to experience the human element of some of these players. They're they're not they're not dealing with a PR guy every day telling them what points to talk about or anything like that. It's it's just pure unadulterated Connor McDavid. You know, he's he's getting he's still you know he's still obviously done this since he was like 13 years old so he knows he knows how to handle it but it's it's neat to hear that kind of stuff but then of course you hear the the mouth breather leaf, leaf fans that say oh well he got picked by the, the oilers so he doesn't want to show up now like hindsight 2020 you know I, whatever they're gonna grip on to whatever little glimmer of hope they can um but it is it is neat to hear to hear some real honest talk from from these guys who are mostly robots for their their entire time that we get to see them and again, we mentioned this on Real Life Podcast yesterday. Connor McDavid was looking fresh in the hoodie he's wearing in that video. <laughs> remember, like when I remember that, like everyone was like, oh, the Oilers are just going to ruin this first overall pick. Like they ruin all the first overall picks. That narrative <laughs> to me is so fucked up because who have they really ruined? Like Yak- Yakupov. Okay, yeah, Yakupov. But like Dreisaitl, unbelievable. Third overall, and he's the, one of the best players in the league. McDavid, naturally unbelievable. The Oilers didn't really do anything there. Taylor Hall has a heart trophy, perennial all-star. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a consistent, you know, 60-point guy in the NHL, good on both ends of the ice. Like, did they really, how many first-round picks did they actually ruin? PRV, I guess. We talked about him yesterday on Real Life as well. But, like, I don't know. People like to shit-talk the Oilers for, like, oh, they ruin all these first-round picks. But, like, even Kyler Yamamoto, first-round pick, looking good now. Evan Bouchard, I think he's going to be good. Jordan Everlay looks fine. Like it's just it's it, it it's a weird narrative, but it's also like people people have this like sense that that nobody can ever like if you get if you get picked in the first round you are a for sure can't miss person you're not human you're just you know you're just you're in the mix no team has ever made a mistake do we forget Patrick Stefan do we forget Rick D Pietro Alexander you know, Day Eric, Eric Johnson first overall pick I don't think he's a first overall pick now. Uh, Chris Phillips, they, yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's silly. I, I know that things have gotten better when it comes to scouting and stuff, but, but to pretend that there wasn't going to be a bust in a nail Yakupov once in a while is, is, is nonsense. I'm not hey, look, they only had two guys to choose from in that draft too, though. Like they couldn't take anyone besides Yak or Murray in the first spot. And, I, and if they'd picked Ryan Murray, right now we'd be still talking about the same kind of thing. Right. Well, he's, yeah, what has he played? 13 games his whole career? The dude's always hurt. 
<laughs> not the guy. Not the guy that the Islanders were ready to give up their entire draft worth of picks. Yeah. Right? And and that would have been a hilariously perfect Islanders trade to make. Honestly, though, like, the idea of the first overall pick always being the best player in a draft, going back through drafts for the last 10 years, there's a lot of first overall picks that if you had to redraft them, and we're not even that far away from some of these drafts, the guy going first, you're not taking first. Like, Taylor Hall's year, you probably still take him over Sagan, mm-hmm. but again, it's really close. Um, if you want to go back to 2011, the Nugent Hopkins draft, he probably doesn't go first. You're probably looking at, you know, Mark Shifley, Mika Zabinijad. I'm doing this in real time, so I might miss some names from lower down Huberto. in the draft. Yeah, Huberto would be another really good pick. But again, the first overall not, pick wasn't a slam like dunk unheard there. Of. Yeah. It's not unheard of to say that you want to take Nugent either. Yeah. Because I remember, I remember at the time, nobody was talking about Huberto uh, no. or Zabinijad. It was kind of like, do you take, do you take Ryan Nugent Hopkins, do you take Landis Gog, or you, do you take Adam Larson? So, like, there's also some revisionist history at a lot of times. 100%. Yeah. You think that Florida would want to take uh, Leon Dreisaitl, a guy named Leon Dreisaitl, over Aaron Ekblad? Man, right? like, Aaron Ekblad, like, if you redid that draft, is Aaron Ekblad even Sam in your Reinhardt. top 10? Sam Reinhardt was second. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Thanks, Buffalo. Yeah, shout out to Buffalo. I don't think we say that enough, but... No. Um, but, like, if you were to redo that Leon Dreisaitl draft, Ekblad, Reinhardt, Dreisaitl, Bennett, and Dal Cole were the top five. Yeah. Dal Cole has 17 <laughs> points in the NHL in his whole career. I'm pretty sure Dreisaitl's done that in, like, a week stretch in this past season. <laughs> but if you redid that draft, that top five, I think the only one that might stick... The only one sticking in the top five for sure is Dreisaitl. The only two that stick in the top ten are probably Reinhardt in Dreisaitl. Like, that draft was all sorts of terrible in the top ten. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with the, uh, it's the, same thing with the, uh, the 2012, the Yak draft. That Yaka. draft was terrible. Yakupov, Murray, Awful. Galchenyuk, Reinhardt, RIP, Morgan Riley, <laughs> Pampas Lindholm, Matt Dumba, Derek Pouliot, who's terrible, Jacob Truba, Slater Cuckoo, and yeah, that was your top 10. Right outside the top 10 was Philip Forsberg. He probably jumps into your like top three in this one, but yeah, yeah, yeah sure. that 2012 draft was bad. But Sticking I mean, with... every, draft Sorry, there's misses. There, every draft, there's big misses in the top 10, right? They just kind of get more apparent as the years go on, but like even McDavid's draft year, actually, no, no, McDavid's draft year is pretty fucking sick. The only real miss <laughs> in the top 10 was Strom, I think. Like Rantanen went well, tenth. He's good. Yeah. Uh, sticking with draft picks again. Going back to the conference calls. Uncle Ken did one earlier this week. It was uh, it was a long one too. He's a talker. Um, but what I want to talk about specifically is how blunt and hilarious he was when asked about the third, the conditional third round pick that was supposed to go to Calgary in exchange for James Neal. Ken Holland's quote was, "He had to score twenty one goals." If you look at the trade memo. There is nothing in there about pro rating. It's pretty black and white. So James Neal finished the year. If we are uh, finishing where we're at with 19 goals, that is not 21 goals, meaning that the trade will likely finish Neal for Lucic plus a little bit of retained salary. Um, Sorry, Flames fans. How good would it it be if we had gotten down to like the last like three or four games and Neal gets one and then they're just like, ah, you know, James has been dealing with a lot of nagging injuries this year. We're actually going to give him a rest before the playoffs start, and the Flames fans just riot. That would have been a great troll. That would 
That would have been a great troll job. I would have loved to see it. There's opportunities for that kind of shit all over the place. Tyler, what do you think about keeping that third? I love it because I'm of the mindset that you can probably flip Puliu Yarvi for a second whenever the draft comes. So there's a chance the Oilers head into this year's draft and actually have a first, a second, and a third-round pick despite adding Neil and despite adding Andreas Athanasiu. Um, back to the James Neal scoring 21 goals hypothetical. Imagine if he was at like 20 and the Oilers played Calgary that last game of the regular season. He got like, you know, a two-on-one a two on one with an empty net late in the game and he just like rims it around the boards at the saddle dome. Or he, or he like blatantly drop passes it and then just smiles at the camera like right into the camera. Puts his stick up like... <laughs> Um, he goes full Gordon. He goes full Gordon Bombay, and he just rings it off the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been a funny way to end the season. Um, no, it's good, man. You need the picks, right? And and that's something you could use as trade value as well when you talk about maybe wanting to add, you know, a top six winger or something like that, or maybe another goaltender uh, when you head into the off season here. So it's all good, all good to stockpile picks. Speaking of all good. Our friends at skipthedishes.ca are all good with the way that they are bringing people food. They're supporting local restaurants and they're making sure that you can still have access to your favorite spots regardless of being stuck in your house. Personally, I was excited. I was on Skip the Dishes yesterday. I was looking for Arby's. It's still not here. Still not. Very upsetting. However, I did see my favorite soup place is now on Skip the Dishes. So I'm picking up a nice bowl of uh, for my dinner later, and I'm excited about it. SkipTheDishes.ca has got all kinds of deals right now, uh, including free delivery. There's a two-for-one thing going on, all kinds of local spots on there. So I encourage everybody to go to SkipTheDishes.ca and support a local establishment. And as Tyler said last week in our Hot and Cold Performers, keep your drivers. Tip them. I don't want to drivers. Break. I don't want to brag big milk, but uh, I live in an area that does have an RV on Skip. I know, right. and I, I know. Can't get that. So far, I, I've so far I've heard that Sherwood Park, Millwoods, yeah, and wherever Dan's at. I got it from the Millwoods location. See, oh, like, come bullshit. on, West End man. There's a brand, like a newly renovated Arby's just down the road from me on the West End, and I cannot get it to my house. This is bullshit. They look at their receipts every night, and they're like, "Ah, this bag milk guy comes in all the time. We don't need to go to skip the dishes." <laughs> skip the dishes.ca get yourself something to eat make sure that you are feeding the temple make sure that you are not just eating piles of bacon as i did a couple of days ago because i made myself a little treat i had no more snacks tyler so i cooked up some bacon and that was my snack because quarantine rules are they, you know there are no rules um it is a great snack it's a fine fantastic snack um back to the edmonton oilers um, I came up with an idea. It's a hypothetical that I want to throw your guys' way. It's a little bit rude, however. So oh. I will preface this by saying that my hypothetical is rude. Let's imagine that part of whatever happens with the NHL season coming back was that you have to hand over the reins of your team to one of the last four general managers that your franchise has had. So for the Edmonton Oilers, You've got Steve Tabellini, you've got Mac T, you've got Shirelli, and you've got Keith Gretzky. I'm just throwing Gretzky in there as like a, why not? If you had to choose any of those four men to take over the reins from Ken Holland, because he just says, you know what? This coronavirus thing is bullshit. I'm not leaving my house again. I'm retiring. That's it. 
Now you've got to give it back to one of those four men. Who are you picking and why? Daniel, Steve Cambellini, Mac T, Peter Shirelli, or Keith Gretzky? Well, I, I, I dare say I'm going to go out on a limb and say nobody's picking Peter Shirelli, but that's just, <laughs> that's just a thought. Um, uh, the better of the better of the evils. I think. I think if we look back and we and we <laughs> see the the GMs uh, previously, I think we can all agree that that while he didn't do a lot, Steve Tambellini sitting on his hands was was probably the best option at the time. I think I think Ken has us in a good place right now, um, and I don't know how much jostling around the lineup uh, Colin's going to be able to do this off season. So Tambellini just kind of sitting back and being like, "This is what we have." And this is what we're going with. I'd be okay with that. We've have, we have a, we do have a lot of guys that have been sitting in Bakersfield all this year, right? Not getting call ups, not getting uh, not getting a. a You're not getting Brad line. Malone. Brad Malone <laughs> is not coming to the with it. I'm trying. No, but I think like Joe Gambardella, Joe Gambardella could could slot in on the on a fourth line if we needed it. Um, Josh Curry, guys like that, they they'll they'll be serviceable. Um, but yeah, I'd say Steve Zambellini, but damn you, bag milk for this question. Rick, you have a choice. You've got four not-so-great options. Uh, no offense to Keith Gretzky, you didn't get that much time. Steve Zambellini, Mac T, Peter Shirelli, or Keith Gretzky, who are you handing over the reins to? I'm going with Keith. I, uh, I, I think he's, he's kind of along the lines that we got with Ken Holland here. I don't know if he was... I still think uh, Shirelli was off on his own doing a lot of things. So I don't know if, uh, if Keith's going to be a big part of that stuff, some of the stupid shit. But, um, yeah, Tambo really didn't do much. Mac T, I think he's a better coach. So I think I'd still give a shot with Keith. And, uh, yeah, there's no way you're going back to Pete. Tyler, mm. you, are giving, you are taking this job away from Ken Holland. And you Man. are giving it – I don't know why this hypothetical exists, but I was <laughs> thinking about it. Um. Who are you giving this team back to? Each one, like I'm reading through the trade histories, like I'm obviously not doing Shirelli. I don't even want to read through his trade history right now. <laughs> um, but like each one had some good moves. Like for Craig McTavish, the way he kind of maneuvered um, Magnus PRV, who at the time was you know kind of a failed first round pick and a and a second rounder for David Perron, and then flip David mm-hmm. Perron into a first rounder a few months later. Like that was some pretty impressive moves and. You know he's a life lifelong hockey guy. I know people will roll their eyes at that at that statement, but I, I think Mac T did a few good things when he was GM. A, a few ugly things as well. One of the good, like he traded Laddie Schmid in that deal to get Laurent Brassois. Schmid never really played very much after that. Brassois was their backup when they went to the playoffs that year. Um, so he did some good things. He did some bad things, like the whole Jeff Petrie scandal, where he eventually traded him <laughs> for a second and a fifth. Steve Tambellini, early on in his tenure, just like, again, you got to remember, I I was rather young, so I don't remember it too, too much, but he was fairly active in that first year doing things like getting Alish Kodalik for a second, uh, the Eric Cole for Patrick O'Sullivan in a second swap there, even though Patrick O'Sullivan's kind of a fucking loser now. Um, Oh man, he's gonna block. He's gonna block you on Twitter for that. I was gonna. I think he's blocked. I forget one of the guys at TSN 1260 like tweeted him some shade, and he blocked our entire staff. Like he blocked everyone. Like there's no like I never even tweeted the guy, and I'm blocked. It's hilarious. Um, 
I think you go with Tambellini again for the reasons that Dan kind of said. You like the, the the idea of him sitting on his hands right now with this team. There's some good youth coming up right now. Um, you know, he he made a few decent deals throughout his tenure. He got Oscar the pick that was used for Oscar Clefbaum in the deal for Dustin Penner. Um, so I think you go with Tambellini because a GM who's just not going to fuck up this core is probably <laughs> enough to get you a cup at some point in the next five years here. I mean, if, if they had stuck with uh, Steve Tambellini, they probably would have been all right because he would have done nothing. And Mac T would have not had a chance to uh, call Devin Dubnik out as his first, his, one of his first years as a starter. So uh, my hey, pick would Hendrix, also go. Though. Damn right it did. <laughs> It damn right it did, and it only gave, uh, you know, he was in Nashville, and then he bounced to Montreal, and then he ended up as a Vezina candidate in Minnesota. So, happy days. He was in Arizona happy for days. a bit as Arizona, well. Arizona, Arizona. Oh, That's where right. he bounced back. Man, he moved. He moved. Uh, yeah, Sean Burke there. He moved around. Uh, I think my pick, and I'm just going to be, I'm going with my humanitarian side on this one. I'm going to give it back to Mac T because, could you imagine what it must have felt like to win the Connor McDavid draft lottery and then get fired like a day later for <laughs> Peter Shirelli? I think that Mac T looks at everything Shirelli did in his time here and been like, man, I could have fucked things up at least that bad. <laughs> so I'm giving it to Mac T. Not only, not really because he deserved it, but because he was nice to me when I saw him picking up some dry cleaning a couple months ago. So um, that's very important to me. Uh, sticking with my hypothetical train, We've been talking about neutral site games a lot. Uh, Tyler, you wrote about it. Is it an option? I want to go just really quickly. If you had to pick, if you had a magic wand and you got to decide where the, the NHL was going to resume one city or one location for a neutral zone where all 31 teams can converge, finish up the, uh, the season, head into the playoffs, where would that be? Dan, I see you thinking. You're looking off in the distance. Where is your neutral games where are those games happening well you know i'm gonna steal a little bit from college basketball here um i don't remember when it happened but my choice would be uh because because it allows you to first uh be able to quarantine everybody and keep everybody away from the viewing public and not have to worry about it at all um it's on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean oh wow Okay, I like that. Yeah, like I think I think it gives it gives a unique element to the surroundings where you're not going to have a lot of noise, but you are going to be able to you're able to control everything there. Uh, You're going to have you know the ability to triage and deal with any kind of health issues that happen. And I'm not talking about COVID nineteen. Obviously, I mean like you know a broken leg or whatever. You've got the you've got the uh, resources on board to deal with that kind of stuff. So I think a uh, an aircraft carrier that the Americans aren't using right now because, you know, everything is paused, uh, including wars. I don't know if you knew that, but that's official now. Uh, and, uh, yeah, put them on an aircraft carrier. Tyler, you have the choice to pick one neutral site territory for all these games. Where are you picking? Edmonton. Um, hey. It makes a ton of sense in one a couple building. A couple of spins at the casino after the game for the boys. But in one building, there are two NHL-sized arenas. You have the practice rink at the downtown community, and you have Rogers Place. So right then and there, you could have all your media resources. You could have, you know, your sort of headquarters for the whole thing in Rogers Place and never really have to leave that building. Enough surrounding hotels to make sure the teams and the staff 
are all comfortably quarantined, but still within walking distance of the rink, which would be a big plus. Restaurants in the area as well, so you could have the food and all that taken care of by local restaurants and local cooks, which would be a big plus. And um, like just from being in like the bowels of Rogers Place, if you had, and including like McEwen has a nice locker room set up in the downtown community rink. If you had to put, you know, let's say four teams in that kind of area to play a couple of playoff series, everyone could have like a pretty nice roped off sort of area that is kept all to theirs and their facilities. And I think it would work well. You have the Oilers locker room. You have the Oil Kings locker room. McEwen's kind of area as well. And then all the visitor rooms and things like that. There's a WHL visitors room and an NHL visitors room. I'm pretty sure at least. Um, So yeah, there's a ton of space in there for them to spread things out and make sure everyone has enough space and is separated enough and enough amenities in the local sort of region there downtown. Like you could almost even designate a practice rink in one of the areas downtown as well for these teams. So I think Edmonton actually makes a ton of sense. And it would be sweet because you would see all these NHL teams playing back to back to back. Like it was a Bantam Christmas tournament. (laughs) Do you get two games in one day? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, you got absolutely. it. Absolutely. You couldn't do more than two, though. I think you would have to do like an like a matinee, like a 1 o'clock start and an 8 o'clock start to allow the ice time. Or you stagger oh. them. You do like one, at, like 1 o'clock at Rogers, 3.30 or 4 at the downtown community rink, 6.30 at Rogers, 8 o'clock at the community rink again, and like cycle them like that. See, now we're, now we're putting our heads together, boys. Yeah. Okay. Rick, where is your neutral site? UFC Fight Island. Yep. That's it. That's it. It's simple. Honestly, when I heard that they were... It's obviously easiest for them to do it, right? Because You only gotta, need the fighters. Yeah. And then you just got to, you know, put the octagon in there or whatever. We'd have to build an arena out there. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, that was obvious. I was, was, talking, I, was uh, I was watching Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was talking about this island idea for the UFC. And he said that he thinks they're going to end up getting weird where they just contact the Sultan of Brunei and just be like, Hey, you need to set up an octagon in like this massive foyer in your palace or whatever. It's like, cool. Like, so you can see like some really uh, interesting <laughs> UFC fights coming out. If they actually are able to make this work mine, I'm going to go ahead and steal from uh, Dr. Evil from Austin powers. And I want them to build an arena inside a mountain. Um, I want the players to be as safe as possible. I want to have a big, giant door that opens in the side of the mountain and only Connor's eyeball can open it so that everybody needs Connor's permission to be able to get into the mountain arena. And I think this is very important to protect them from not just the elements, but COVID-19 and all surrounding, uh, you know, cause there's going to be fans that want to watch these games, right? So we need to make sure that we keep those gross fans like you and me out of there inside the mountain is the only choice that makes sense i mean obviously there's a couple of hurdles that we need to work through as far as how that would work and how you build an arena inside a mountain but that's not my problem you're the the idea guy i'm the idea guy it's now up to other people that are smarter than me to come up with the execution so i think that inside a mountain that's probably going to be the way this works i'm good with it see of course let's just get it going again finally as we are running out of time here tyler Yes. It is time to get to. Oh, look at him. Now Tyler is getting his button set because it is time for the Oodle Noodle Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. And because there is no hockey going on, there is nothing going on, there is no sports. Although I was watching like 
I don't know why I can't get enough of these fucking marble races that I'm seeing on Twitter. Like I get super pumped. I I even pick a favorite. I pick a marble that I'm cheering for. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, Have you found the TV show though? What? You haven't found, so they they don't just do them on the internet. This is like on, on uh, ESPN Ocho. So every now and then the TSN will pick it up and put it on. Dude, there were marble races, but there were like nine or 10 different kinds of racing. You had individuals, you had teams, you had some sort of like pushing competition. There was a knockout. It was like a Royal Rumble going on in there. It's absolutely amazing. I, man, I love the weirdness that we're seeing right now. And of course it's on the Ocho. Um, we are going to do as we always do. We are going to start with our veggies. Tyler, get your burr buttons ready. Nation Dan, you are now just a triangle on our FaceTime call. Who is your oodle noodle? Cold performer of the week. My oodle noodle cold performer of the week is the Wi-Fi where I am right now. <laughs> I have gone, I have gone camera off mode because I have heard the last like three conversations you guys have had has just been it, it, but I but got about it. So, anyways, <laughs> my Wi-Fi, the cold performer of the week. I guess you could say Dan's Wi-Fi is. They are just fucking ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rick, your Oodle Noodle cold performer of the week. You know what? I got to go with, I had two options here. So I'm going to go with this one, uh, the movie channels. Uh, we got an opportunity right now where everybody's at home. Everybody's got to watch television and stop going outside. You guys got to up it and uh, get some better stuff, get some uh, more variety and some better quality out there. Tyler, your Oodle Noodle cold performer of the week. My cold performer of the week, I'm actually keeping it sports related. It's Dana White. I'm sorry, but every other professional sports league is doing the right thing and stepping aside and letting society figure things out. And this dipshit wants to move people to an <laughs> island. Like you guys said, like, oh, all you need to do is move the fighters there. No, you need to move like a bunch of medics and officials and people to run the technology out there and people to cook and like all this shit. Like you can't just drop four UFC fighters in a fucking island and be like, all right, guys, duke it out. Winner gets right. UFC 260. Who says skip the dishes doesn't go to the island? It's right. like Dana White can fuck off with this idea. You're not <laughs> better than any other pro to, sports to, league. I'm, I'm changing my answer for my cold performer of the week to Tyler for that cold take. Because all Dana, wants, what Dana White wants to do is entertain us, and Tyler's like, no. Fuck you. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because what the first UFC fight that we're talking about here is supposed to come up in a week, right? I think no, it's he canceled it. Now. It was supposed to be this weekend. His bosses ESPN, told him to step off. Yeah, ESPN yeah. and Disney. When ESPN and Disney have to step in and be like, "No, we don't want your content for our broadcast." He said he's still working There's on the island. Though. He said he's still building everything, so they still plan on doing out there. They just couldn't get this one out there. I just so I, they're I, not giving up. I love the idea. Maybe make them fight in a hot air balloon. I don't know. It'd be fun. My, uh, my cold performer of the week is, I mean, this one is very near and dear to my heart and it's very upsetting. And I've got a real problem on my hands, boys. I am out. I, oh, no. I am out of pizza pops. <laughs> my pizza pop supply oh. is oh. zero. I have got none. I ate an entire box in less than a month. And we're talking like 32 pops or whatever's in there. And I've got a real problem that I've got no more pep and bacon pizza pops. And I don't know when I'm going to get to Superstore again so that I can buy some more. My cold performer of the week is my pizza pop supply. I thought that was...
I thought that was going to the TP place. No, man, I got plenty. I got plenty. <laughs> and if, I was going to parachute them in some. If worse comes to worse, <laughs> I'm running the garden hose in. I do not care. It has got multiple speeds. No matter how frisky I feel, there's going to be an answer for whatever uh, job size that I've got going on. So I am not worried about toilet paper at all. We are flipping the ledger to the positives from this week, whether that is sports or your personal life. Hot performer of the week, Mr. Uremchuk, I am starting with you. Your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, my hot performer of the week is going to be the Oilers players for making their donation, $100,000, to uh, OEG to help the community support or support the community in their COVID-19 fight. Uh, I, why are you giving me that look? Does anybody else, like, are we rustling through a forest right now? What's going on? <laughs> I'm not hearing that on my end. Oh, okay, as long as There's you're not hearing it. I am hearing it as well, but. Okay, triangle, man. I love this triangle. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, Tyler. Continue your hot performer of the week. Uh, yeah, just shout out to the Oilers for donating that money, helping out the community, putting their uh, putting their cash money where their mouth is. <laughs> you know what? I, they did a great thing. Um, $100,000 to help with what's going on right now. If I could add a second cold performer of the week, it would be all the people that are criticizing the amount, all the people that are criticizing when they've released it. It's just they're doing something to help in the community. And chances are, Mr. Weiner on Facebook, you haven't donated a hundred grand to this. So um, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Yeah, yeah well I agree with that bank milk. You know, when people are like, that's what this such and such percentage of their career earnings. It's like, yeah, well, look at the career, the percentage of your career earnings that you haven't donated and, and just stop criticizing. It's just, it's just not helping anything right now. Plus, this is not the time for complaints. This is the time for hot performers brought to you by Oodle Noodle. Danger Dan, your Oodle Noodle hot performer of the week. Uh, my hot performer of the week is, it's a weird one. It's, uh, it's actually Colby Caves. Um, because I don't know if you guys were able to tune in last night to our stream. Uh, we dressed Colby cave as kind of a, a hat tip to the fact that we were thinking of him. And then he comes out and he scores a goal in his, uh, his first appearance in the playoffs. So, uh, my, my hot performer of the week is just digital Kobe. And, and I hope that when he wait, when he's through all of this, all of this terribleness and he's on the way to recovery, he gets to see that and has a little smile about it. Put some respect on my name. Absolutely put some respect on a Colby Cave's name. Rick, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. Oh, I'm going to give it to my barbecue. The thing has been, uh, it's been stressed this week. I've used it a lot and it's, <laughs> it, it keeps going. So thank you to the barbecue. Rising to the occasion. You know it. Bag milk? Tyler. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> That's really hot. Uh, finally, my Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week is my screen time was down 22% this past week. I have put my phone down a lot, and I want to congratulate myself for picking up a couple of books. I've uh, been solving Rubik's Cubes. I've been working on my juggling goal. I've been fucking around with instruments. Uh, yeah, my screen time going down 22% is my hot performer of the week. Me entertaining myself. Thank you. Go out hooking. <laughs> All of us need to make some money. And if, no matter what it takes, 
Nobody is thinking about the prostitutes. Keep the economy going. We got to keep the economy going. Gentlemen, as always, I want to thank you for being here, spending an hour just shooting the shit. It's always great to see you, Dan. It's great to see your triangle. Um, <laughs> thank you to Sherwood for the giant out in Sherwood Park. Thank you to SkipTheDish.ca and thank you to Oodle Noodle for making all of this happen. Ladies and gentlemen, download and subscribe to this podcast everywhere. Oilers Nation Radio episode 81 is over. Have a great weekend. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.